0: You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Okay, if you have not heard about Cash App, you're going to love me. You want more from all these free apps used for just free and fast money transfers, right? Well, I've got the hookup for you. The Cash App. The Cash App card is a free Visa debit card that lets you use your Cash App balance to pay online and in stores. It's also the only way to get Boost. Now, let me tell you about Boost because it's exclusive to Cash App. Boost are reusable instant discounts that work at places you actually go to. Everywhere from Starbucks to Walmart to even the PlayStation Network store. You can do so much more than buy and save money with this. You can even purchase shares of stock in companies you love by investing as little as one dollar. Banking is also made easy. With Cash App, you can directly deposit paychecks, tax returns, and more to your Cash App balance using the unique account and routing numbers. And if you don't think things can get any cooler, it does by allowing you to buy and sell Bitcoin, the money of the future. Selling and receiving money on Cash App is as easy as entering a phone number, using another user's name, or simply scanning a QR code. Hit the special link in the show notes and get $5 just for signing up. That is, use that link in the show notes and get $5 just for signing up. So go on. Go ahead and hit that link in the show notes and get set up with Cash App today. Whether you're looking for a comedic retelling of the history of the modern libertarian movement or a dark comedy about the seedy world of American politics, my books, Stay Away from the Libertarians, as well as How to Succeed in Politics and Other Forms of Devil Worship, have been entertaining thousands of readers throughout the world since 2018. Whether you're looking for the next great book on your reading list or considering a funny and captivating book for the politico or history nut in your life, you can grab a copy of either Stay Away from the Libertarians or How to Succeed in Politics and Other Forms of Devil Worship today on either Amazon or Barnes & Noble Online. Amazon links for the print and ebook editions of both books are available in the show notes. Prepare yourself. You're on the run with Remzo W. Martinez. Well, folks, I've been telling you for weeks now that we were going to start getting into more of the questions that matter to us. Because at the end of the day, if we're chasing the headlines, if we're chasing the the spitfire drive-by news, if we're going based off of other people's opinions instead of looking at... Into our own minds and hearts to figure out what's going on, we're always going to feel like we're falling behind in something. And as we've been talking about, you know, what frees a person individually, whether it's being financially independent, whether it's being, you know, connected to something grander on a spiritual level, there are just some questions that need to need to definitely be explored and for those of you that know me on twitter you know that one person i love to retweet is andrew meyer and i I brought him on today andrew how you doing good brother how's it going I can't complain other than, uh, you know, working from home all day, which was nice the first couple of weeks, but I'm I'm looking forward to, uh, <laughs> you know, not wearing sweatpants every day and going back to work eventually. But, you know, I'm doing better than most. Andrew, um, we, we've known each other for a few years now, and I've got to tell you, one thing that you've been on, I won't say it's a rant because it's not a rant, but something that you've been kind of dropping online are insights into something called the Kabbalah. And I Got to be honest with you. I had no clue where you were going. You were talking about, you know, the position of the planets and being able to see when things are coming. And you, you've you got, I, I'll call it your sixth sense. You've, you've always been able to find things that are going to happen, even when they seem kind of out of left field. And I... I just don't know where you get some of these insights, but you've been dropping stuff about the Zohar and Kabbalah for a while. And you reached out to me and you said, Remso, let, let's go ahead and talk about this. And I was like, well, let's do it. So you went ahead and invited on somebody that's been instrumental in your understanding of all of this. Uh, Benny Halfon, sir, how are you doing?
1: I'm very good. Thank you very much. And thank you very much for hosting us today.
0: Not a problem. So I just just looking over your bio I mean, it's, we, we could go on about your background for a while, but it just surprises me. You're, you're a former successful businessman. You have a history in the tech sector. How did you get involved in the Zohar of all things? Because it almost seems like this more esoteric spirituality mixed with you know, certain aspects of Jewish mysticism. It kind of just seems like something that a person on your path wouldn't run into. How did you get into this and Why?
1: Well, you're absolutely right. I'm coming from a very logical, rational background. I'm an engineer in my education, and I I worked in R&D, like building the F-16 fighter, one of the computers of the F-16 fighter, yeah, in a subcontractor of uh, general dynamics. And uh, coming from that... What I'm doing now, it's uh, quite 180 degrees. Uh, But uh, later on, yeah, I had a a computer company of my own, but I abandoned all of that for for that. And yes, it's a very valid question: why would I do that? And uh, I can tell you that I was sitting in my company together with uh, my partner, that was my friend, is my friend, and um, uh, and we we were we were. Uh, working on the Y2K, you know, 20 years ago. About uh, where
0: all the computers were supposed to like shut down. We were going to exactly enter like a Terminator judgment day situation.
1: <laughs> exactly. So that was really, really a handful of work. But yet I was sitting there and, and I said, what is it? This is not for me. This is after being a student of the Kabbalah Center for five years. and uh, and and I And I felt like, what am I doing here? Like, this is not who I am. This is not what I want to do. And eventually that made me decide to abandon, put all of that behind me and go directly to teaching Kabbalah. This is what I'm doing in the last 20 years.
0: So, I mean, Andrew, same question for you. Coming from a background in journalism, this also seems like something that would be kind of out of left field for most people. But then again, I can't say anything. I get locked in buildings and chase ghosts on the weekends with my brothers. So I can't necessarily claim to be the, the most on the direct path person out there.
2: Well, for me, I just had a feeling that you know, a revelation that things were so dark in the world. You know, I started learning about the government and how dark things are. And I just had the insight. If there's this much darkness, there must be an equal amount of light. And so I I started searching. I studied a lot of different spiritual paths. Uh, Long story short, I wound up taking a Kabbalah class in Miami. And in 29 29 minutes or 40 minutes, they told me what I had spent years learning in about five minutes. And then they spent the rest of the time telling me things I'd never heard before. And so, over years studying at the Kabbalah Center, um, you know, you say I had a sixth sense. It, it raises your level of intuition, of understanding, of insight in the world. And Benny's my teacher now, and I can tell you, every time I sit down with Benny, it's like he's channeling insight for me, and it's it's an amazing experience.
0: And I. I, I gotta tell you, I uh not 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 many people know this about me, but when I was at Liberty University, I actually did uh several years of study in um biblical worldview and Christian theology. So I have a I have a pretty, you know, beginner level understanding of Jewish tradition and the old testament. Um, this was something that had I had actually never come across. And when I Began to do a little bit of research of it. I had to stop myself because I was developing more questions than you know I thought would come at me. So for somebody who's just trying to understand the basics of what the Kabbalah and the Zohar is, what what is it? Because I I've been a little bit confused. I don't understand if it's. You know, an aspect of maybe the Torah that wasn't mentioned, or if it's some type of mystic belief system, if
2: it falls somewhere in the middle, what is it exactly? And this is go for either of you. This is definitely uh, Benny. I can answer this, but I think I'd like to hear Benny's answer.
1: Okay, so uh, second time that actually you said Jewish mysticism or Jewish thing in connection with Kabbalah. And yes, this is how it's being perceived with many people uh, in the world, but uh, it's, not, it's not correct.
0: So they're not mutually uh, exclusive.
1: Uh, yes, and uh, it's not, uh, there's nothing Jewish in it. Uh, Kabbalah is the, the knowledge of the universe, is the thought of creation. And actually, Kabbalah is the only system that I know from all science, from all spiritual or religious uh, background that ask the question why this world had to be created to begin with and to give an answer it's not because like God or whatever you want to call it had uh, like Lazy Sunday he didn't know what to do let's create a world no and there is a very very important uh, understanding of why this had to happen and understanding the why like so many other ways that Kabbalah is asking and giving an answer is uh, important for our daily life every day. It's like, uh, it's it's really the the essence of everything. Now the Zohar is in a way a later on uh, document. It's a document that was written, it's a book that was written uh, 2,000 years ago. And it is, yes, the, the deepest, um understanding of the the Torah, the old testament the the scroll itself, but again it's not about any any Jewish thing it's about the, the the Old Testament is a user manual how to live life without chaos however it is it represents endless energy, so you cannot represent something infinite by a finite thing. And this is why everything that is written there is a code.
0: So uh, essentially it's a, it's a lens into looking at, you know, the, the history of creation in a way.
1: Yes and no, it's not just the history. It's not any history, it's not a, a, a history book. It is, again, as I said, user manual how to live life. It's very practical, uh, not just to read stories, it's very practical to live our life like if if i am reactive if i'm in a situation in which things are not working the way i want how i take this wisdom apply it and getting the best outcome out of it that is what it gives me okay, okay.
0: so um it please excuse my ignorance so kind of going with this if this is a way of understanding life and understanding ha- how we see ourselves in the universe. Is this something that was, let's say, provided by God, if if we're using God as the figure in this example, or is it understanding just really who we are in the universe and how we interact with everything around us?
1: Yes, and yes, and yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um we are not using the word God in, in Kabbalah because unfortunately okay. so many people have different interpretation of, this, of that word. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and what we are using is what we call the light. The light okay. which is emanated from the life force of the creator. I hope that when we say the creator, it's not uh, ambiguous and, and people don't interpret it in different ways.
0: So to at least uh, understand the context, we're talking about the sentient maker of the universe and all life right. in it. Okay,
1: right. And, and um, again, it's not about uh, history. It's not about uh, understanding stories. It's about how this world is built. Why things are as they are. What is the meaning of the interconnection between uh, us, other people and us and nature actually I'm preparing a class for tomorrow. Tomorrow I'm going to give an online class about Kabbalah on the environment and, uh, and the understanding of that we are made out of all the elements that are around us means that we are interconnected with everything around us. We are influencing everything and being influenced by everything. We are influ- influencing every other person. Every action that we take, every word that we say, every thought that we have, influences the, all the people in the world because we are all one. This is one unit. And, there, and therefore, there is, it's not about Judaism, Islam, Buddhism, Christianity, or anything else. It's not about separation. On the contrary, it's about merging, unity. It's about oneness.
0: So kind of taking a step to the side on this, Andrew, when you started studying the Zohar at the Kabbalah Center, when did you begin to see, you know, the things that you were learning, the things that you were discovering through this, and it began to really kind of interact with your day-to-day life, because from what you've told everybody online, there's kind of like the before you learned about this, Andrew, and then there's the after you learned about this, Andrew.
2: It's right away. It's instantaneous. You take the first class. I mean, they, they talk about it. It's like the Kabbalah one glow or the Kabbalah one honeymoon. People that take the beginner class for Kabbalah. And it's like um, 10 weeks of an hour a week. You know, people take that class and they're in this glow because they're suddenly seeing, you know, it's like they become Neo in the matrix and they can see the bullets coming at them and how to stop it. You know what I mean? You, mm-hmm. You're able to stop the reactive behavior that you've been programmed with your entire life. And sidestep any incoming flack and, and change your movie. And that's that's in the first class. You know, that's that's not even continuing study, getting to the Zohar, things like that. That's just understanding general principles from a Kabbalistic point of view. It's right away the transformation.
0: I have to say that something I, I really realized after graduating from Liberty University and trying to understand, you know, faith and religion and my place in the universe after college is I was trying to become a, you know, a functioning professional adult. I, I believe that, you know, and this is something we see a lot of in Western society, whether you're talking about the secularization of culture around Christianity or even secular Judaism. It's like we believe people of faith. You know we we believe in pretty pretty remarkable things, but we over time, it's almost like we get cataracts of the soul to a certain degree. We begin to stop looking at things from a position of outside of this material world would Would you agree with that?
2: I think a lot of people have become totally uh, just involved in the material world to the extent that when you talk about spirituality or intuition. You know, I saw um, a very big account I follow on Twitter just today, and people that are science-based, and I'm doing air quotes because their science isn't even real science, but science-based, they make fun of intuition as if it's a fairy tale. Intuition is not a fairy tale. Things beyond this realm are not a fairy tale. And when you look into quantum physics, quantum physics will tell you that there's 10 dimensions to reality. The Zohar tells you that there's 10 dimensions to reality, and it tells you the names of those dimensions, and it was written 2,000 years ago. And you can watch videos of the quantum physicists like Michio Kaku talking about how they're astounded the Zohar could know such things 2,000 years ago.
0: So just right there, you, you mentioned something that when when I was reading online, it, it completely, it, it kind of baffled me because I realized I was beginning to enter something that I really had no expectation of where it was going. So I, I began to get a little bit you know, more sidetracked on this because it's like, okay, obviously I got to go back and understand a bit more about this before I start really diving into it. Benny, what would you say are some of the generic misconceptions about the Kabbalah and the Zohar? Because we already mentioned that it's not necessarily tied to Judaism. It's not mysticism of sort. What, what are some of the biggest misconceptions surrounding this?
1: That maybe it's a religion? That is a very big misconception. Uh, it's not. You cannot convert to Kabbalah even if you'll try very hard. Mm-hmm. Um, you can study it. You can be a student and it doesn't matter what is your background. You are going to benefit from it. Actually, uh, any student, like a Christian that would study Kabbalah would be a better Christian. A Muslim that would study Kabbalah would be a better Muslim. And Jewish person that would study Kabbalah would be a better uh, uh, Jew. The, the The thing is, that uh, I, I want to continue what, uh, what Andrew and throw, and throw another thing here uh, about uh, physics. You know, 1,500 years before Copernicus, the Zohar says that the world is round and it has seven oceans and uh, six continents on which there are people that look different because of the weather in that place. And in one side it's light, which means day. One side is darkness, which means night. And the entire thing is going around. And that is 1500 years before Copernicus that was on the stake for that. 1500 1500 years before uh, modern science, the Zohar is talking about cholesterol and good cholesterol and bad cholesterol. The Zohar is talking about uh, so many different things that are mind-blowing that only now scientists are talking about. The Zohar is talking about black holes, again, 2,000 years ago. It was hidden for 1,000 years because people weren't, weren't ready for that. They, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't be able to accept it. But everything is there. You know, we are talking about Technology, because we call it technology because it's very accurate. You do one, two, three, and you get the same result always. It's like typing the code. When you type the code, the same code that you type is going to give you the same result. So it's, uh, the, miss, the biggest misunderstanding is, think, is to think that it is something ancient that is very cute, very um, weird, or very inspiring but not necessarily something practical and what i'm saying is that it's super practical
0: so in terms of the zohar itself who who wrote it was it one person was it a group of people were they i mean what what something like this to come from man itself i mean we have to believe that it was inspired by something divine to us
1: completely 100%, 100%, yes, you're absolutely right. It cannot come from sitting in the ground and to see that the world is round. When everybody, like, when the entire world was absolutely sure that the, the world is flat, riding on four elephants, that's sitting on a turtle. You can Google it. It depends if it is turtle and, and elephants, if it is the Romans or the Greeks. But this is when... All of that. this is what everybody believed in. And this is why when it came to, to, to Copernicus and he said that the earth is uh, revolving around the sun, they just killed him. So um, the, 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 the idea behind the, the, the Zohar uh, came to a, a super righteous person that actually today is uh, his day of elevation that uh, is a very powerful, uh, energetic day. And uh, his his name is Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, and he was the one that actually inspired it. He actually uh, ran away from the Romans that were uh, um, chasing him and and his son like pursuing him, him, and he he lived in a cave for 13 years. When he came out from the cave, he gathered eight more students that were the most uh, ready, for all this revelation. And they together, in a way, wrote the Zohar. Actually, you can see that in the Zohar, even though he was the one that inspired everybody, he didn't want to speak. He wanted them to awaken and say what they have. So the Zohar is a gathering of many, many sages. No one is better than the other. There is no preference. And there is one guy that actually was writing it. His name was Abi and, and he was... Uh, uh, he lived a lot, many, many years to be able to write all of that, imagine, was writing on parchment. So uh, that is where the Zohar was written. But then it was hidden. And actually, the one that actually brought it from Israel, from the ruin of the, of the temple there in Jerusalem, to Europe, were the Templar, The, the Night Templars are, are the one that actually brought it to Europe. And they became the biggest and most strongest sect in Christianity. To the point that because they were reading the Zohar, actually the first language that the Zohar was translated to was Latin. And this is their work. They translated the Zohar to Latin. Actually, even um, uh, Isaac Newton. So Isaac Newton had a copy of the Zohar. And this is, of course, many, many years, right? Later off. Uh, and and it is in the in Cambridge University, um, and there, until today there is a museum for Isaac Newton, and his Zohar is there with his notes on it. Actually, one of the revelations of uh, of uh, Sir Isaac Newton is the prism that white light is divided into all the colors of the The, rainbow colors.
0: The the ultraviolet
1: spectrum? Not ultraviolet. Just the the fact that uh, the prism, like the, you know, the triangular... Oh, uh, yeah.
2: um, Right? Pink Uh, Floyd. Dark side of the moon. uh, I'm sorry, that was the only way... That's
1: it, that's it, it. (laughs) you're right. 100%. So, uh, it is in the Zora. He took it from the Zora. He he, he read it in the Zora, and he found later on... It discovered how it happens, how it works. So it is, yes, it is in the Zohar. I can send you all the quotes from the Zohar to to show you what I'm talking about. Like everything is documented.
0: No, absolutely.
1: So there, there, uh, actually, you can go even today in our website and uh, get the Zohar for free. You can just pay for the shipping. It's 23 volumes. And everybody that is going to go there to kabbalah.com, just in the Kabbalah spells k a b b a l a h dot com, on the top uh, page there is a link, and you can go and ask and request the the free copy of the Zohar, and you're going to get it. Perfect, and folks, uh, I'm going
0: to go ahead and put all the links in the show notes as well, as you so that way you all can jump into this. I, I am just curious. So around the time of you know re- really when the Zohar was put together, we're talking about a time of a lot of religious fervor. Christianity is really hitting, you know, one of its striding moments. Um, This is also around the time of the Spanish Inquisition. So it was kind of a dark time for the Jewish people as well. What was a lot of the reaction towards the Zohar from all these different religious communities? Was it something that was, you know, looked at objectively and, you know, people were allowed to talk about it and look into it, or was it kind of rejected? Because when we look at, you know, religion in any part of the world, when you bring in something which is as different and unique as this, there's usually some type of pushback.
1: Uh, Again, you're absolutely right. Most of the time, um, the pioneers, the revolutionary people, people that are bringing new ideas are getting terrible PR and terrible, uh, like, Evil speech and and terrible uh, um, objection, so uh, the the Zora wasn't different in that. And actually, uh, there are many people that, uh, uh, that that rejected it. Now, because of the work of the Kabbalah Center, the Kabbalah Center was established um, 98 years ago, 1922, and uh, in the new form, the last it was the last 40. 40 50 years uh, the last 50 years we opened the teaching uh, for everybody Rudberg and Kerenberg uh, the, the one that opened this knowledge for any any person in the world and that allow people have to access to it and it was with a lot of objection as well uh, and terrible thing that was said on on all the people now now the Zora is mainstream now you can Cesar, and people heard this word somehow, somewhat, and, uh, and it's different, but that was uh, the real breaking of what we call the clipa, the real breaking of a lot of uh, 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 objection from many people. However, um, the, the, that, that effort that was put is always like, when there is bright light in the end, it has to be concealed in the beginning and that Zora is no different in that as well.
0: Andrew, you're not uncomfortable being a controversial person. You have been for a majority of your adult life. Um, When you go ahead and you, you, you tweet out something or you write something about the influence of the Kabbalah in your work and in your personal life, What's the reaction been from people? Has it been mostly positive, mostly negative, or do they just look at it and they're like, I have no clue what this is. I'm going to go ahead and scroll past.
2: Well, it strikes people where they are, and I try and do my best to move it in a better direction. You know, um, I talk to some people and they think I'm I'm giving them uh, some kind of occult knowledge or something like that, and I try and move them towards the reality of what this really is. And, but some people you'd be surprised are very, very open and they're they're understanding more and more where this is coming from and that this is something very special. And so more and more, I'm getting people with very positive reactions that want to know more. Thank God leading to things like this podcast.
0: Um, that kind of leads me to my next question, Benny. Who, who are the type of people that go and want to study the Zohar and understand the Kabbalah? Do you usually see a trend or is it more diverse than what some people may think?
1: No, it's completely diverse. You can see everybody. Businessmen that made billions, celebrities, and the most simple people that um, are from all sorts of life, you know, educated, not educated, uh, people that, that, that studied uh, many other spiritual systems, uh, different religions, different sects, different things, different everything, uh, are still looking, are still have answers, uh, questions that are looking to have answers and then Kabbalah give them the answer. By the way, f- if I may, uh, just to continue something that, uh, f- about your previous question. Oh, please go ahead. No, uh, there was uh, one Pope that I'm sorry I didn't do my homework and I forgot his name. Uh, in the 16th century, the one that actually burned all the books of the Talmud and the Old Testament and other things, is the one that actually allowed the, the Zohar to be printed for the first time and endorsed it. And he said that this book is going to bring peace between Christianity and Judaism, which is mind-blowing when we talk about, yes, rejection to all, all the rest. <clears throat> there are so many miracle stories that I can tell you that the presence of the Zohar brought to people in their life. This is mind-blowing. We can talk. Straight for seven days with no stop, and I will tell you just stories, miracle stories about the, the Zora. So, so, so just
0: just to kind of tap into that a little bit, what's one story that kind of pops into your head? Yeah, you know, when you first think about it.
1: Okay, um, uh, soldier in the Israeli army uh, in an operation that uh, um, that took place six years ago, um, had the pocket size door. Like we have a version that is small pocket size of one of the volumes uh, in, his, in his pocket. And uh, he was shot two centimeters, which is less than an inch from his heart. And the, the, it seems like the bullet was, was like thrown away. He, had, uh, uh, he was injured, but it didn't touch his heart. And they attribute it to the zor, like his family, his parents, uh, that gave him that uh, zor. He, he wasn't a student, by the so, way.
0: So the, pocket, so the pocket-sized version of it stopped the bullet?
1: Not because the bullet hit it, but energetically created like protection shield. I know everything that I'm saying is, Oh, wow! this is like super esoteric, but it's not let it's me tell practical.
2: let me tell you my favorite uh version of this story. Uh, my wife was giving out Zohars in Haiti before the earthquake and I believe twenty ten or twenty eleven and you know after the massive earthquake, she heard back from one of the places that she had given a Zohar to, and his his shop was in a little shopping center. All of the other stores were collapsed, but his store that had the Zohar in it was unscathed and i've heard versions of that exact story multiple times
1: yes, in Venezuela, like uh, oh not just there, even in, here in California, we had uh, houses that burned in all the fires that that were uh, that were here in, in previous summers, and uh, houses that, that had the Zora in them the fire w- wasn't touching in Venezuela, it was a bit different. the house was burned down, but the the, the room where the Zora was in was intact. The ceiling was burned, but the zone was there. I have pictures of that. And, and the TV and other like furniture, wood furniture, they, it was in touch. Now, even more. Let me take it like completely next level. Go to there are many di- different places. Uh, you can go to uh, weatherunderground.com or wunderground.com and they have uh, a statistics about Florida that uh, there was no hurricane, hurricane that uh, hit Florida for now uh, 14 years, 14 years in a row. And every year, Florida had a hurricane. They had storms that became tro- tropical storm that, that drops a lot of water, but it's not a hurricane. And so devastating. Now, why is that? Because in 2005, the, our volunteers decided to stop the hurricanes. I know, again, sounds incredible, but they did it. And they put, they donated uh, many, many volumes of Zohar through the other, the, the you know, the big tongue, the peninsula of, uh, of uh, South, uh, South uh, Florida and put it in uh, hospitals, uh, police uh, stations, firefighter stations, uh, churches, uh, de- private people, like uh, in a in, uh, distance that, that uh, created protection shield. We actually did the same here in the fault line, in Ca- here is California, in the fault line of California to protect California from a devastating earthquake that is going to take apart the the California land as uh, geologists are promising us or are afraid of. Who
0: who do you who or what do you attribute these miracles to? Is it is it to the let you know let's use the term, is it to the creator because people are more but let's you know I'm gonna use air quotes for this because more people are more in tune or awake to what's going on around them, or is it something else?
1: Uh, Well, because everything uh,
0: has to come from somewhere,
1: right? Well, yes The life force of the creator is actually the one that's running the show in this world every second every every little second in every there's the life force of the creator in everything and in everyone Actually even science the the super string theory is talking about that the building blocks of this universe are strings of, of energy not even really physical matter, which is actually, you can say light, you can say energy. Mm-hmm. So this energy can be awakened in different ways. When, when there are people that are in dispute, fighting, when there are people that are uh, creating separation between them, that light cannot be revealed because there is no affiliation. When there is affiliation, that light, that positive light can reveal, can be revealed, and it can bring all the blessings that you can think of. So uh, the Zohar has the power. It's like a beacon of light. You want, you're getting into, I'm sorry, but you're getting into a dark room. You want to, to, to chase away the darkness, just turn on a candle. Darkness goes. It
0: um it, it just kind of reminded me, and please correct me if I'm wrong. Um I, I studied some Zoroastrian Zoroastrian history and there's um there's not a direct link between you know Jewish thought and Christianity between the Zoroastrians um that were coming out of Persia at the time. But when you go ahead and look into what they were thinking of, they use the terms the light and the darkness quite often, of there being right. a you know a positive creator of life and then there being like a dark destroyer of creation is that does it have any ties to zoroastrianism
1: well no but uh, i can tell you one thing another thing that might be surprising to people people often think that there are like two forces in the world light and darkness or good and bad but we know that that light force of the creator is endless Mm -hmm. now you cannot push endless thing aside a little bit, and shoving something else that is not endless. Or shoving shoving something else that is separated from it, right? So, all the dark load, for this matter, is part of the system. There is no fight between the life force of the Creator and the devil, or there there is no devil. There is no Satan, in the sense of what people think.
0: It's, you know, I want to really emphasize what you just said there, because I mean, we could split this up into, you know, an argument of two different worldviews coming from a from a Christian biblical worldview. Everything you said lines up perfectly. Only God can take and only God can destroy, you know, even though there is a darkness to the world. It's only because, you know, it's part of humanity through original sin. The devil, Satan, Lucifer, he cannot destroy anything. He cannot cause anything which wasn't already there. And then you go ahead and you look at science, for example. Matter cannot be, what, what is there cannot be destroyed. It always just takes a different form. So whether you're coming at it from a, from a spiritual, religious side, or from a, you know, a secular, more scientific side, that makes perfect sense.
1: Yes. And, okay, I will take it even a step farther. Uh, there is a, a great book uh, that is published by the center, written by Rav Berg, uh, that is called uh, Nano. It's the nanotechnology of Kabbalah. And in that book, the, the Rav is, is raising the question, um, how come the atoms or the building blocks of who we are, of our body, are immortals, in the time that we are mortal, what is wrong there? Why? Because if you break down everything, eventually if a person leaves the world and his body is being deteriorated and being decomposed, what stays are the atoms, right? Atoms are not, you cannot break, or if you break the the electron from the nucleus, you have atomic bomb, right? It's not. If you break the the nucleus, you have an atomic bomb. So this is not happening. What happens is those atoms are now going to build something else. What is really the the glue that puts everything together is the life force of the creator. Now, the the creator, by, by what Kabbalah teaches, is only a being of sharing and love. That's it. The creator is not destroying anything. Who is destroying? is us with our consciousness, and is when we are not affiliated with the life force of the Creator, when we are soothing our desire to receive for oneself alone, as we call it, instead of using our power to desire to receive for the sake of sharing. When we, are, when we want to be God-like, or the, the, like the life force of the Creator.
0: It's, you know, just, just what you said right there, that really, It's odd in a way because I was having a conversation with a a friend of mine, a fellow Liberty University graduate, about a week ago. And we were talking about, you know, the the current pandemic we're in. How can bad things happen and why do bad things happen? And we we found ourselves talking about the story of, you know, Noah and the ark, the great flood. And and something I remember one of my uh, uh, creation studies professors talking about was why did God flood the earth and why didn't he set it ablaze? because when we look at you know just the just what is fire it's the breaking up of something fire is a destructive you know form right. but you know when we look at what god was doing in that sense he was not flooding the world in order to destroy anything when we look at water water brings life water brings purification god was using water as not just a physical thing to go ahead and flood the earth of everything that was you know supposed to End so that way something good can come out of it afterwards. He, I mean, he wasn't destroying it; he was purifying it in a way, and that's how we have the world after Noah. If you go with the story of Noah and the flood, and that it, it's, I, I'm, I think I'm starting to get it now. I think I'm starting to see what what you've been discussing up until this point. It's just, it's just funny when we look at things like that.
1: Right. Actually, okay. I'll give you another hint uh, of one of the things that uh, Rodberg is saying that water is the uh, most misunderstood and misappreciated uh, not appreciated <laughs> substance in the world. Because if you'll go just to, to the very beginning, to the, the, the Old Testament, verse number two, like in the beginning, there was uh, the heaven and earth and there was a void and the spirit of God is hovering above the water. It doesn't say, let there be water. It doesn't say, water was created. It was just there. Now we are not talking, this is before there was physical world. We're talking about light. So there is no, it's not water as we know it, but it's the energy intelligence that is within the water of what we know today. So the water in this world, and the water is also immortal. We are using the same exact water that are being recycled in the last 5 billion, uh, 5 billion years, 15 billion years for this matter, or five, because this is the, the age of our solar system. But uh,
0: um, I'm, a, I'm a young uh, Earth creationist, so it's cool.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, water always was there. What is the extension of the life force of the Creator? And this is why water brings life, as you said. And this is why there are like, close to 100 abnormalities of water that actually make it what it is. Just imagine that water would freeze under four degrees centigrade and not only the, the upper layer, all, all the fish would die.
0: This is... This has been an incredible conversation. and I wish we could go on for hours and hours. We'll have to have you both on here again to talk about. Last question for both of you. I'd like to start with Andrew. What, what type of people should look into the Zohar and the Kabbalah? What, what should people be thinking about as they're getting into it? Is this for everyone? Or, you know, sometimes some people shouldn't look into things. Who should look into the Zohar and
2: why? Only people that want to improve their lives. Only people that want to understand more about the world. If you, if you don't care about uh, changing your life at all, if you love exactly where you are and you don't have any desire for improvement, you don't have any desire to learn more about what the world is, then stay away. But if you care about improving your life at all, if you care about learning more, you will certainly benefit from taking a class at the Kabbalah Center. I highly recommend taking a Power of Kabbalah 1. That's the first class. I couldn't recommend it enough.
1: And I say, uh, even if you don't want to change anything, just keep it there. Who cares? <laughs> it, doesn't do, <laughs> it doesn't do anything. doesn't need uh, your, your attention or it doesn't need feeding and you can get it now for free. So everybody can do that. Everybody, it's for everybody. It's for everyone. Uh, it, it's not restricted whatsoever. On the contrary, this is where we are going to because this is the teaching of unity and bringing people together and that this is where the world is going to if we want it or if we don't want it if we know about it if we don't know about it if we believe in it or if we don't believe in it
0: outstanding well gentlemen it's been such an honor to have you both here and talk about this i hope that you know we can talk about this again in the future but for now i've got to let you go andrew if people want to go ahead and follow you on twitter and i highly recommend folks go and pick up a copy of his book online right after this don't tase me bro real questions fake news and my life is a meme how can they do so
2: Uh, You can follow me on Twitter at TheAndrewMeyer. You can check out my website, TheAndrewMeyer.com. I have a list of the 72 most important news accounts. And that list isn't just all of the best news that you're going to find that's geared towards putting people in a winning direction, a winning mindset. I also have news that I call the spirit of the times, the best people in their spiritual disciplines. And on there I have Michael Berg, who's one of the leaders of the Kabbalah Center. I have John Piper, who I find to be an amazing Christian. I have Ilchi Lee, who... He has his own tradition that's uh, an Eastern tradition. You know, I highly recommend going on my website, TheAndraMeyer.com and checking out that list, the 72 most important news accounts on Twitter.
0: Benny, it's been such a pleasure and a distinguished honor of mine to get to speak to you today. I hope we could do so in the future. If folks want to learn more about the Kabbalah Center, link up with you because they have more questions about this or even get their copy of the, Zohan, of the Zohar today, how could they do so?
1: So uh, the pleasure is all mine first. And I'm very happy that we did it. It's really amazing. I would love to do it again. And uh, people can go, as I said, to kabbalah.com or kabbalah1.com. Kabbalah spells K-A-B-B-A-L-A-H.com or Kabbalah1, which is a whole website that, that brings the entire uh, important first course, that we have, basic course that Andrew was talking about. Um, out there online that is in a very, very uh, cool heap and uh, simple way. That simple, but deep, very, very deep. So Kabbalah.com, Kabbalah1.com. And uh, when you go to Kabbalah.com, you can get the Zohar right by clicking on the top of the page uh, in, the, in the next few days, today and the next few days coming. Uh, people can write to me. My email address is Benny, B-E-N-Y, dot, my last name, H-A-L-F-O-N, at kabbalah.com. And I'm, uh, I will be more than honored and privileged to, to get any, any questions and uh, answer them. Perfect. Thank
0: you very much. Oh, um, I mean, the pleasure is all mine. Well, folks, I'm going to have all of the links from everything that Andrew and Benny went ahead and dropped on the show notes today. Go ahead and check it out. And let's keep these conversations going. Anything that expands your insights into who you are, you know, your place in this world, and finding that sense of direction is always going to be beneficial as always i'm remso w martinez go ahead and follow me on parlor at remso at remso r-e-m-s-o and everywhere else instagram twitter you know how the internet works at hey remso as always is on the run with remso w martinez good night
2: Check out our other shows and more from the We Are Libertarians Network at wearelibertarians.com.